The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. We talk a lot about the media and how they don't really do a good job with what they're doing. Uh, <laughs> you see that as a common theme occasionally. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, we, you know, a lot of times you kind of get these critiques of the media that come from this place of the higher learning it feels mm-hmm. like you know yeah. it's like people who are just in their towers like looking at i can't believe what's going on with the media these days i hope you agree uh, one of the guys who kind of i think issues that and, and gets in the middle of it just mixes it up uh in the middle of these real stories is charlie LaDuff. he's got a new book out it's called s show <laughs> the country's collapsing and the ratings are great and he joins us now and charlie we are on live national radio, <laughs> and I, I know you are a loose cannon, but I just want to remind <laughs> you that you're on live national radio. How are you, sir? I'm well. So you mean I can't yes. say the yes. name of my book? <laughs> yes. It shows, yes. shows you what a dope I am. I'm not that smart because I, I, I can't yeah. say the name of my book. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. I have to tell you, um, uh, I, love your, I love your style, and I love... I love in your book the way you describe first meeting Roger Ailes and going into Fox News um, because I don't I, I work there, obviously, and I don't know anyone who has the balls to describe that uh, situation and the and the the room that you were in as frankly as you did. Can you go over the, how you how you pitched Roger Ailes for, you know, traveling around the country and just really listening to people. Uh, I'm not really sure I can say it, can I? <laughs> <laughs> National radio. I know. But, you know, no, bas- basically, you know, I, uh, I had worked for the New York Times a lot of years, et cetera, et cetera. I moved home to Detroit. I had a kid, and I felt we should be from here because this is where, you know, our her grandmothers are from. So. Uh, I'm working in Detroit. I wrote a book uh, about Detroit. It was a national bestseller. And the supposition there was Detroit is not a freaky outlier. Detroit was the mechanical and money-making heart of America. Mm -hmm. And if this is what happened to the core, then what do you think is happening in the rest of the country? And so I went into Roger's office, and I I said, uh, I'd I'd like to look. I'd like to do part two. And um, the... Whatever you think of the guy, I'm going to tell you what, is his intellect. He's impressive. Oh, he was. Because he created that thing whole cloth. Mm-hmm. You know he did. And you go into his, his office, and there's not a stitch of paper. Nothing. Not a Kleenex, not lint, not a schedule. It's all done up in his head. So we got along actually pretty well, you know, just kind of, you know, talking about guns and, and the country. And, and his only rule was – uh I don't need you doing exposés on Rupert Murdoch's charities, which I can give two S's about. You know, <laughs> right. there's so many chattering chimps on the coast that are going to do all that. Yeah. What about the rest of us? So you w- so- you went out and you um, you listened to people. You were one of the people that was not surprised uh, by Donald Trump's uh, victory because you were listening to people. Tell me what's happening. Well, look, it's more than listening to people. I live with them. I do what they do. When we were, you know, at the uh, Texas-Mexican border, I put on a Speedo with a USA tattooed on the butt, put on a straw hat, blew up a yellow rubber kayak, and was paddling through the smuggling zone. I don't know if that's exactly what every American does, but I appreciate somebody doing it. Well, there you go, because you know what? I was watching mainstream TV, and I'm like, I never saw the border. Yeah. I just saw a hungry kid. 
But you need to show me how this works. You need to show me the geography. You need to show me the ridiculousness of being, quote unquote, invaded by a bunch of kindergartners. Right? How does this work? So when I did that, you know, the coyote uh, will pull up, the smuggler pull up on the jet ski and drag his fingers across his throat and say, you're costing me money, man. I said, okay, that's good. That's, <laughs> that gets to it. And so what you find out is there's no work. But wait a minute. CAFTA, the Central American Free Trade Agreement, is 10 years old. NAFTA is 20 years old. In fact, look right over there in New Mexico where there are no soldiers or police trying to stop this. And there's our factories. Wow. That factory used to be in Flint. Wow. This made nobody rich except the very rich. So this is the kind of thing that we are trying to get at. You know, when, you know, Buster Brown from the media shows up in his, uh, you know, his Banana Republic gear and it's all freshly and crisply laundered and he's got makeup on and it's 110 degrees and he's giving you the, the we're here saying nothing, basically, that we want to get into the life. And what this book is, is it's about the American people and it's for the American people. And no, it did not surprise me because the, the depths of the discontent are so deep that it's hard to miss unless you're willing to miss it. And I feel, and I'm just saying it, now, now I'm comfortable, I just feel the media doesn't care. And they promised us they were going to care, and so far I'm not really seeing much of that either. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you, Charlie. I, I mean, I was, I'm willing to dismiss it for a while as, well, they just don't know. Well, they've had the biggest wake-up call of any of their careers and their life. Right, And right? they still are doing the same thing. In fact, I think they've doubled down. They don't no, I, I care. They, they quadrupled down because yeah. the split screen is now an octagon. <laughs> and those we're getting is... We're yeah. getting the, you know, it's like a ESPN after show on your, your favorite sports team. And the, the, the middle is so wide, right? There's like, you know, Reagan Democrats and there's liberal Republicans. And it's not just the polls. It's not, you know, polar opposites. The, the real life is, is, is issue by issue. And again, you know, a great intro, by the way. Did you write that or did that just come straight out of your head? out of our head yeah <laughs> that was awesome yeah. because here's what i'll say roseanne Ro this was abc's genuflection well we want to get in touch with the regular american so you you brought back a boring show from two decades ago it means nice. bring back archie bunker man because <laughs> that was interesting and funny there's so a lot yeah, of there's some logistical you, reasons why you can't bring him back, unfortunately. Sadly, <laughs> yeah. we yeah, understood. You know yeah. what I'm saying. Right. But, uh, <laughs> that's basically all we got was a sitcom. That's what you've given us. That's your look at America. Not good enough. They don't, but they don't know how to. They don't know who America is. They don't like what they think America is. And they're not going to look for it because they know they're not going to like it. They think oh, they are better. <laughs> Let me put it to you like this. In this book, amongst many things, remember when they take, you know, after Dylan Roof shot up, uh, murdered nine parishioners in South Carolina, remember? Yes, yes. And they're taking down the Dixie over the state house. Mm -hmm. Okay. I call the Ku Klux Klan. Yes, they do have a hotline. So I call them. It's, it's uh, settled. The Grand Dragon and I are going to carpool from North Carolina to South Carolina. Well, let me get a look at you. 
He's using me for the PR, and I'm, I'm getting a look at this guy. Okay, hang on, Number hang one. on, hang on, wait, wait. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network.